when you get MS, you go into denial. And with that, you can shut up shop. And the earlier you can address it or get it addressed, the earlier you can look for a clearer path. Do not let diagnosis with MS rule your life. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings and welcome to the MS Diagnostic Journey podcast. My special guest today is Roger Cook, who comes to me from Newcastle upon Time, England. Hi, Roger. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you for agreeing to join us because I know you have a lot of experience out there talking about MS and supporting the community. And today I'd really like to focus on your MS diagnosis journey and what your symptoms might have been that sent you to see your physicians to begin with. Okay. What year did you start on your journey? Looking back, as we all do with MS, we know it happened X months, weeks, years, whatever before we formally know. My personal first realization of it would go back to May, June, July, the summer of 1999. I was then studying for the finals of my degree, third year exams, not three or four. And myself and a lad called Peter and a lad called Sam, we had been studying relentlessly for these very hard exams, engineering exams. And we had little room to ourselves in the union. And on that, we all sat on wooden chairs. And I started to notice that the feelings in my mid body and lower from there off weren't as usual, nor was it going to the toilet usual. And I put it down to the fact that I'd been sitting on a wooden chair for so long. Hindsight now tells me different. The year after, in the year of my finals, is 2000, I had something stuck in my throat. Didn't really. I thought I had. It's a stress for both years of part of the exams. After graduation, I wasn't in a very good place at all, at the time, different reasons. I struggled to eat properly with knife and fork. My legs weren't doing what they should have been doing, or my feet. As motor activity, we now can relate to that. Uh, knowing the words for them now, I didn't then. Nor did I go to see my GP. However, when I started to develop double vision, I put it down to my glasses, as you do. I went to see my optician. And he sat and he was writing a letter. And he said, take this to the RVI, which is the Royal Victoria Infirmary in Newcastle. And I thought, what the heck are you doing? It's my eyes. He said, just, just take it there. So I did. And test, 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 test. I, I was put on steroids for three days, which did with the addition of prisms on my lenses took care of the double vision then. Later that year, I went to see my GP for something different. 
And he said, Roger, you've got MS. So I was diagnosed with MS in 2001. Well, it sounds like even though that took you a couple years, it sounds like you had a straightforward path. (laughs) You know, through your own admission, you powered through those symptoms, those early symptoms, and did what a lot of us do and not seek medical advice, but just pass it off for a pinch back or sitting on a hard chair or overstressed, overworked from working through your engineering finals. Indeed, Um, yes. Yeah, I find that's a very common problem. So were you officially diagnosed then in 2001? I was, yes. Yeah. So you've lived with this disease for some time. Well, in my life as a student between 96 and 2000, in the first year there, a friend of mine uh, called Anne, who was studying medicine, told myself approximately, let's say, 15 years ago, she saw things in me in 1997 and she was saying that was my speech. So you could argue that my journey began in 1997. Yeah, it, so it really could have begun before that time with Peter and Sam in the library and the, ob- the observations of Anne, but we often don't stop and listen to that. So do you feel like the medical establishment, I know what you experience in the UK with medicine is somewhat different than what we have here in the United States. Do you feel like the doctors took you seriously when you presented with your concerns? Well, I will say that going back to 99 when I had the, the feelings or lack of feelings, and I did go and see my a GP close to myself in Glasgow where I lived. And because it was so close to those exams, I appreciate a lot of people try and swing the lead to get a sick note, in essence. And she didn't take me very well at all. So I could see by her face, she thought I was effectively lying. And I said, I can't feel my feet for heck's sake. And she sprung up. And maybe at that point, she realized I wasn't lying. The year after the GP, didn't GP entirely, says, I'd just take just take a note of Roger. So I think that older chap then, he may have had an idea. So what can I say in my experience? Some do, some don't. Aside from that, I know a lot of uh, general practitioners do not know a great deal about MS. I'm smiling as you're talking about that that incident in college there because in the online community that I first became active with when I got diagnosed, we would oftentimes have particularly young men who would come on board having consulted with Dr. Google and say, I'm numb. I have this tingling. I'm dizzy. I have MS, don't I? And um, I'd always look at the calendar and reference the date. It's like, oh, it's finals week. It's the end of the school year. We're having a good time. We're celebrating. We're out and about. So it's really easy to dismiss students who have symptoms like you had with students who are looking for that free pass to get out of exams or that extra additional time or even just sympathy. Yes, I can fully understand that. Yeah. (laughs) But but it wasn't for you. So 
Well, for other people who perhaps are experiencing symptoms that they can't explain or they don't know what's happening, do you have any advice for them as to rooting out the cause on their own journey for an MS diagnosis, possibly? I would, yes, because I now have the experience having been part of the MS community now for, well, I would say, 24 years now. And medicine and awareness of this disease is a lot greater and better these days than it used to be. I would say, yes, seek information because it is there these days and try not to shy away from it. Ask and ask and ask. Don't assume you are your own doctor because that doesn't work. And Dr. Google doesn't know it all. If you think of something, ask somebody who may know who may pass you on to somebody else. You say ask and ask and ask. Yes. Are we talking ask to a GP, ask to a specialist, ask to nurses, ask to family and friends? Who do you think is best to ask those questions? Like I say, maybe the more the merrier, starting with your GP. If you're not happy with answers from said GP, ask to speak to a specialist or even, as you see yourself, a nurse. You know that when you get MS, you go into denial. And with that, you can shut up shop. So try and accept that we know it's not going to kill you itself. And the earlier you can address it or get it addressed, the earlier you can look for a clearer path. So boils down to, for me, any word information. And I find that advice very understandable coming from you with your engineering background, that the Everything might be based in information and science. So you have been listening to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast with my special guest, Roger Cook. Your best advice he can give you is if you're experiencing symptoms that you're looking for answers for, ask and ask and ask. And don't rely strictly on Dr. Google, but find the experts and the support system you can find to help you get answers. So Roger, I really want to thank you for your time today. If there's anything else you want to add, this is your opportunity. Well, like I did say, I was diagnosed in 2001, but I did get a chance of working elsewhere in the UK, which meant myself moving 300 miles-ish. So knowing that I had MS, I, I was in denial, but I still went and got a very good job as a result of it. I lived with said diagnosis for a further four years until I had to leave a similar job elsewhere from where I live. But that forced me to medically retire. That was 2006. I came back here, the Northeast, and that's where I did start on DMDs. So do not let diagnosis or thoughts with MS rule your life. It's easy for me to say so now. Act as you see yourself, Laura, when you can and as soon as possible. There you have it, folks. Roger's advice to all of us is don't let MS stop us in our tracks to go ahead and live our life to its fullest. I do know from reading a little bit about Roger, he's done exactly that with his background in 
engineering and social media content. And I must also add, he is an avid soccer fan, which they refer to as football, which is not the same as our NFL football here in the United States or college football. So I, again, really want to thank you, Roger, for spending time with us. This has been the MS Diagnosis Journey. I'm your host, Laura Goloskowski, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. 